My next guest is Sissy Graham Lynch. Sissy's the granddaughter of Billy Graham and is the daughter of the president and CEO of Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, Franklin Graham. In addition to serving at Samaritan's Purse and BGEA, Sissy's also the podcast host of Fearless Faith in a Compromising Culture. She's a great speaker, a great wife, and a mom. Sissy, thanks so much for uh, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on the new show. Oh, thank you. We're having a great time. I love it. We're having a great time, and I really appreciate you taking time to fly all the way out here to California to talk with me. <clears throat> oh, it's an honor. Uh, you know, when I when I was growing up, I had kind of a unique position in that I was on this television show called Growing Pains, and so uh, I learned some things that other people didn't really learn. I learned how to make people make crowds of people laugh. I learned how to communicate in front of a lot of people and not uh, be paralyzed by uh, by anxiety. Um, you have a really interesting perspective in that you had a front row seat to one of the most impactful gospel-centered relief ministries on the planet, Samaritan's Purse. And your parents and your grandparents are these famous faith-filled people. Um, is there anything that you look back on now and go like, wow, I, I really learned something really unique being in this position? Yeah, you know, probably in the moment, it was nothing different. It was just growing up, right? Right. I grew up on a farm in the mountains of North Carolina. It was pretty low key. And when I would go to visit my grandparents' house in Montreat, North Carolina, my grandfather, who we called Daddy Bill, and my grandmother, Tete, mm. they were just our grandparents. Yeah. And yeah. that I was so thankful for. But the same Billy Graham or the same Franklin Graham that you saw on TV is exactly who I saw at home, you know, they, they lived out their faith. Mm. They were unashamed of the gospel and they had those principles inside of our home. And so that, I'm, I look at the world we're in now and it's now that I'm older and I look back how blessed I was to have uh, that childhood mm -hmm. where they taught us the truth and the biblical truth to stand on. That, that's so great. Um, oftentimes today, um, you get so, uh, disillusioned by church and by religion and people of faith because you see people not living, not walking out what they're what they're talking about. Um, and so what a gift for you to have people who really modeled true integrity in their faith. And you've been taught so many great things from your parents and from your grandparents. Uh, I, I know that you, you're, you're, a, you're a wealth of, of wisdom and faith. We live in a crazy world today. And uh, I know that there are people who ask you things like, how? in a world that feels like it's falling apart, how do I navigate with everything politically looking so so bad, everything economically looking so bad, we're in a moral meltdown with our kids in school, uh, church attendance seems to be declining, how do I keep my faith? How do I keep my peace of mind? How do I just keep from losing it? What, what would you say to them? We've all had those conversations, right, of how much has changed in the last two years politically, culturally here in this country. I think as a mom, sometimes I got two young children at mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, as a mom, I can fear the future of what it looks like. Like they're not gonna have the America I grew up in and the home I grew up in. But what's kept me anchored, especially through COVID, a theme verse in my life was in Daniel chapter 11. Those who know their God will be able to stand in strength and take action. We have to know God. And there's a difference than knowing about Him mm -hmm. and truly knowing Him, knowing His characteristics, knowing who He is as a heavenly Father. And when you have that scripture hidden in your heart, that we can stand in strength. We can stand in strength in this culture that we are facing and we're able to take action. You know, it's been fun to watch mama bears rise to the occasion this past year in this We've country. We've seen those videos and you're just like, go girl. I'm go girl, you just stand up for your children. 
I'm so excited, so proud of some of these moms, but that giving us strength to take action in this country, we have to truly know who God is. That's such a good word. Uh, I'm also thinking of the, the, the mom or the dad or, or whoever it might be that's saying, well, I want to trust God uh, in a crazy world, but I feel like I've been let down by God. Mm. Or when I've tried to go talk to a pastor or, or a spiritual leader, they have, they, they seem to have fallen from God's grace. Or I've been given some bad, some bad advice and I've been hurt by the church. Sure. Um, what would you say to somebody who looks and says, I don't really feel like the church is a safe place. I'm not sure I really trust God. In fact, I feel a little angry with God. It's probably a lot of questions. Just over the years, my family has gotten. Sure. And I look at it as that Jesus Christ said to follow him. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He won't disappoint us. Men will disappoint us. I, you know, if I'm a friend or a sister or a mom, I'm going to fail because I have a sin nature and I can ask for forgiveness or grace. But to follow Jesus, to dive deep into his word, to know who he is, that he'll be your friend through the storm. You know, he, um, we will go through storms in life, but he'll go with us and he'll walk through it with us. And for those that have been hurt, you know, that you take that and say, God, I've been hurt. Be honest. You know, men will hurt you, but God won't. And he is there. And if you seek him and draw close to him, he will draw close to you. I think people might think of you as, as a Graham and, and and this is exactly what you were talking about earlier, these, these expectations that people may put on you. But a time where you had to really trust God in a mm -hmm. difficult circumstance, uh, whether it was relationally or financially, or it was a health situation or a career situation or a mom situation uh, or a wife situation, where it was like, no, this was, this was hard, but I had to trust God. I had to remember what my parents taught me, what my grandparents taught me. You wanna be honest? Yeah, please. I can be in that chapter right now in life. Good. Life is hard and it is difficult. And sometimes I can be honest, you know, I've never doubted the sovereignty of God. I really have been blessed in that. I haven't had that moment where I've doubted yeah. that because I think of the family, what they've instilled in me. But there've been times I've been angry. There've been times I've been hurt. There've been times I felt like God hasn't answered my prayers, that he hasn't answered it on our timing. And that, um, I've been hurt by people. I've been disappointed by people. Um, and even in that chapter of life that I'm in now, that I'm still faithful, being um, obedient to, or trusting God is in obedience. When I don't feel like opening up the Bible and yeah. reading because I'm just angry, I do it out of obedience because God will meet me there in that moment. Yeah. So Sissy, talk, talk a little bit more about uh, the benefits of a life of, of giving and the consequences of, of not giving. You know, in Proverbs, it talks about a generous man will prosper and that those who, um, and he who helps replenish, he will be replenished. And I always think um, in my own life, there was a time in my life I was really struggling and I was struggling with an addiction. And with an addiction, it's always uh, self-centered and you're thinking me, me, me. And I think of when the Bible verse that the son of man came to serve not to be served. Mm. And for me in that moment, um, it's a long story, but I went to go serve on the mission field through Samaritan's Purse. It was a time in my life I kind of had to recharge. I was so busy serving others and putting others before me, I didn't have time to think of myself. And over those few months that God had healed my heart, and when I look back, 
is he healed my heart and he had answered my prayers of this bondage that I had been carrying. Because I think it was there I was serving others. And when you're serving others, no matter, you know, you don't have to go on a far off mission field like I did, whether that's right there in your own community, in your schools, in your own workplace, when you put others before you, you take the focus off your own problems. We can all get kind of go home and sit and kind of think and dwell on our own issues, but God commands us to serve others. Just like in the Good Samaritan, you know, you run to those in need, you run to them in the ditches of life. But in my own experience, I've realized there was healing in that, that God transformed my heart when I took the focus off me and put it on others. Sissy, thank, thanks so much. We're gonna continue this conversation after this break, and we're gonna talk about how living this life of faith, uh, taking God at His word enables us to not only be grateful, but to be generous. We'll be right back. We're back with Sissy Graham Lynch. Uh, Sissy, let's talk about another aspect of your ministry, your work with Samaritan's Purse. Uh, can you discuss a little uh, about some of the recent projects that you've been a part of? Well, um, one that's really close to my heart is Operation Heal Our Patriots. My children and my mm. husband and I, we spend our summers in Alaska where we bring wounded veterans and their spouses up for five days in Alaska. And they get marriage counseling, spiritual counseling. They get to go see the bears and fly in the planes and they get their own little cabin. Oh, that sounds And awesome. for us, you truly see a miracle happen within five days because so many of our uh, military couples, instead of husband and wife, they've taken on the role of caretaker and a patient. Mm. And um, they've been isolated, they've left the career that they've known and that they love, that they felt they were good at in their identity. And um, so many of their injuries too might be on the inside that you don't even yeah. see. So this has been a week you love on them, you serve them, it's like a five-star treatment for them. And many of them come to know the Lord and Savior, Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They've gotten baptized or marriage rededications. So that one's close to my heart. And I also, um, a project that I'm working on is building a maternity ward, a birthing mm. center for moms around the world. And because giving birth to some moms around the world can be one of the most dangerous things they face. Mm. It can be a death sentence in some of these countries that we work in. Oh, wow, so, right, because they don't have the same kind of or they live care. And they live far away from a hospital. So if um, anything goes wrong, they yep. don't have the kind of resources to yeah, help fix that. So it can be a death sentence in some. So that's a big part of mine because I got two young children and I've been blessed beyond imagination to have you know, hospitals and prenatal care and everything just at our fingertips, we take it for granted. Yeah, and so you travel all over the world with Samaritan's Purse, um, and you've seen uh, Samaritan's Purse help in, in many ways, and so many people pitching in and, and helping with all these different projects. Mm -hmm. uh, are, are there places that have been your favorite and places where you've seen Samaritan's Purse impact mm -hmm. uh, be just particularly effective? I think in different stages in my life, certain projects or certain countries have meant something different to me. Mm -hmm. um, one that I'll never forget is being in the Sudan, especially after the genocide. And Samaritan's Purse has been in there working and we had a Bible school and seeing them after what they had faced with the genocide and come through that Bible school. 
And so there's just been different stages of my life that each project has meant something different to me. But what I've been amazed is that no matter what Samaritan's Purse does, no matter where we go, we go in the name of Jesus Christ. We're not ashamed of it. That's the first thing. It's on our, you know, our cargo planes in the name of Jesus that we go. But how God has honored that wherever we've gone and whatever uh, war zone country, mm. that God's opened up doors that Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham could never have done. But I truly believe it's because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how God has just opened up things we can't imagine. That's awesome, and what a great gift that is to your kids. Do your kids, have they gone on some of these trips? And what are the, some of the things that, that you've taught them about being generous and helping other people? So my kids go with me in the summer to Operation Heal Our Patriots, and they know we're there to serve and grateful. And my son and my daughter, they get to meet men that might not have um, their double amputees, mm. and they ask those questions of why. My daughter just this week was going, when is Grumps, which that's what they call my dad, um, Franklin Graham is Grumps. That's his grandfather name. Grumps? When is Grumps going to take me on a... Like grumpy Grumps? Yeah. He <laughs> loves his name. It's quite fitting. He said, when is he going to take me to deliver shoeboxes? You know, so it's so important to teach them at this young age. It's so much important to give than it is to receive. And why that we give and why, what we do, that it opens up opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. My dad taught me that it's like the Good Samaritan. You go to those in the ditches of life. Samaritan's Purse, we run to the fire of where people are because we love on them. We provide in their greatest need, which opens up the opportunities to share that God loves them. God hasn't forsaken them. Mm. And that it, it's those gospel opportunities. That's why we do it. I know that uh, I might hear from, from one of my kids, well, you know, Dad, I, I want to be generous. I'll be generous. When I make a lot of money, I'm going to be really generous. But I don't have any money right now. So, uh, and yet, we, Operation Christmas Child with the Shoebox campaign, you have kids yeah. who are doing amazing things with very little. So how would you define what it means to be generous? Um, do you have to have a lot of money to be generous? You know, when you're talking about that, the thing that comes to my mind are our volunteers at Samaritan's Purse, our volunteers at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They are the driving force of everything mm. we do. And when I meet them and know where they've come from and how much time they give, whether it's after a natural disaster here in North America and after a flood or fires here in California, our teams have been some of the first ones in. But our volunteers, with their time, I'll meet couples who they retired early just so they can give back to the Lord and to His kingdom. So, but no, it's time when you got Operation Christmas Child. I teach my children to the power of prayer behind every project that they do, but our volunteers, and you know what? We've been stretched thin in the last couple of years. We need volunteers. So if you have the time or churches, you can send out teams. I encourage you to check out SamaritansPurse.org and become a volunteer and a prayer partner. So, so you heard that. So if you're looking for opportunities to be generous, uh, Samaritan's Purse is looking for volunteers. And can, can kids volunteer? Is this an adult? No, there, there is an age there limit. Is, and I better not quit. I don't know the age limit. But, but you can find out more information at SamaritansPurse.org. Um, obviously, when you're generous, you're helping other people. But uh, as you just said a minute ago, it's more blessed to, to, to give mm. than it is to receive. So what are some of the blessings that come with giving? I mean, what, what are some of the benefits that someone gets when they live a life of generosity and giving? You know, I think when you look in Scripture, the Scripture is so clear that there are benefits of giving, and there's also consequences for not giving. And generosity is when you're going to give freely. 
You're going to give your time. Um, and I look at the greatest gift that was given to you and to me, and it was freely given. And as we celebrate Christmas, we know that Jesus Christ, he left the presence of heaven, the presence of his father to come down to this earth humbly mm -hmm. as a baby, to live a life for 33 years. So he would give his life for you and to me. And he gives us the freedom to choose it or to reject it. And what a gracious gift. So God has graciously given us that gift. And that when we give, we open up those opportunities once again. It's not so that we can feel good, mm -hmm. but that we open up those opportunities to share about the greatest gift of all and that the Bible so clear that there are benefits that when we give. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love thinking that, that God is in process of uh, reaching people who are lost, uh, giving them eyes to see, um, giving them ears to hear the truth about God and his kingdom and heavenizing the earth. And while we are generous in giving to ministries like Samaritan's Purse and, and others, we join him in that whole work mm -hmm. of, uh, of the, how he's restoring and reconciling. And some people, they can't go out and volunteer, right? That, you know, they're at home. They might be sitting at home watching and they're not capable of doing those mm -hmm. things. But as giving with even just your prayer, our prayer partners around the world, um, I just recently said how humbled I was that there would be complete strangers praying for our family or praying for the Ministry of Samaritan's yeah. Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and how grateful I am for them that have partnered with us. Although they can't be on the front lines and volunteering, there's so many other ways you can give. Yeah, and, and so many people are familiar with the, the Operation Christmas Child and the Shoebox Campaign, but there is uh, an incredible opportunity um, with Samaritan's Purse with the gift catalog. Tell us a little yeah, bit more about the gift Christmas catalog. Christmas gift catalog. It's a way to, uh, there's 41 gifts available. You know, 41. Some, sometimes it's hard to, you know, there's hard people to shop for in our lives, right? We all yeah. have those people like, what do we get that person? Like that okay, life. well, the gift catalog is perfect. There's 41 gifts that um, can change a person's life around the world. And that also, once again, it's always about the opportunity to share the gospel. And so anything from giving chickens, I think that was one of the most popular that would gifts. That change my life. Give chickens to a family that needs it. Chicken. You can drill a well in a community. You could send a couple to Alaska at Operation Heal Our Patriots. And there's a wide range of uh, money. Once again, mine that's close to my heart is caring for mothers and babies around the world as a category. So... Oh, that, that's awesome. And, and I hear you can, you, can, you can gift a goat to somebody. Yeah. Oh, I right? think, I wish I could remember the number. One year there was an extraordinary amount of goats given and we had to find a place. <laughs> you know, we, there, for as many goats that are purchased, they are going somewhere in the world. And what's great about the gift catalog is that uh, these things don't have real high price points, right? I mean, you could give a lot of, you give a whole herd of goats, I suppose, uh, and yeah, that I mean, would cost more, but kids can even use the, their, their allowance money to be able to There's be things, yes, very on the cheap scale to, like I said, providing a trip to a couple. So it's a wide range. My little girl likes to pick something out. Um, even my niece gave my little girl a lamb, in, or in her name, a lamb to a little girl and then bought her a stuffed lamb as a symbol to what she gave. So I just think there's so many great opportunities for children to realize at Christmas, it's just not about receiving but that we are to, to give to those who are in need. But once again, it's always coming back to why. You know, I was trying to teach my children at home, why are we doing shoeboxes? Mm -hmm. Why are we giving at the gift catalog when they pull it out? Because they've also got their toy catalog over here. But what's important about this one and why is it different? Yeah. So when you give in the catalog to, to help Samaritan's Purse stand with persecuted Christians, mm -hmm. let's say, um, 
how, how are the funds used for that? How does Samaritan's Purse stand with persecuted Christians? So there could be um, some of our offices. We work in 100 countries around the world. Mm. And so some of those things we might not even be able to mention. But every dollar that is given for that category, that's where it will be spent. Um, and we work with local churches. It's never about Samaritan's Purse when we go into a community. It's about strengthening the local church because we want God to get the glory. We want the church to be built up locally. So with persecuted Christians, we'll work a lot with local churches and in, uh, in different regions of the world. We met a couple of years ago, uh, maybe 18 months ago, uh, when we were part of an event called uh, Unnecess no, not Unnecessary. Non-essential. Non-essential. It was your event. <laughs> Non-essential. And, uh, and that's where things were, uh, certain things were, were deemed essential mm -hmm. and certain things were deemed non-essential, like going to church, mm. uh, like being able to go to work so you can feed your family. Uh, crazy, we met there and uh, some of the funds that were raised there mm. went to help police officers. Or law enforcement. And law enforcement, yeah. right? Tell us a little bit about that. So at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, of course, they have come to serve alongside our law enforcement. We've seen on the news how our law enforcement has been treated over the last couple of years, and especially in certain cities. And y'all wanted to raise money for law enforcement and um, you entrusted us with that. And it kind of sparked these ideas of what can we do because we weren't meeting the mark. How can we better serve our law enforcement? So we're having law enforcement retreats um, going awesome. into some of these cities for the couples to come together. Some of them are one night events. We've also had um, law enforcement retreats at the Billy Graham Training Center in Asheville, North Carolina. And then also what I was mentioning about Operation Heal Our Patriots, this past year, we had a couple weeks that were dedicated for law enforcement, not military. Mm, that, that's awesome. And, that, and that's close to my heart too, because my uncle is, um, He's a police officer. My grandfather was in the military. He served with the Marines in World War II mm. on the island of Iwo Jima. Mm. And we, we need to thank God for our law enforcement, right? Because that's how we, that's how we keep evil down. And can you imagine the pressures of people today no. who are dealing with the political pressures and everything else? What we want is uh, people who trust God, people who have character and who are, are really promoting peace and safety. And uh, I know that the divorce rate within law mm. enforcement couples is sky high. So that kind of a ministry is so important. When you think of our law enforcement, you know, military, they'll go on a deployment, whether it's from six months to mm -hmm. a year, and they're gone, but when they come home, they're home. Our law enforcement, they're deployed every day. Mm, yeah. You know, that spouse sends their, um, their husband or their wife out on a deployment, out on the front lines every single day. And especially the pressures that they have in today's culture with cell phones filming everything. Right. Everything they do is scrutinized. Um, we need to be praying. We need to be partnering with our law enforcement. And um, you can do that with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association too, sponsoring some of these couples with our law enforcement. That's awesome. So if people want to uh, really check out all these 41 items, these 41 gifts that they can, uh, that they can sponsor or give to somebody, how would they do that? Samaritanspurse.org. And they can go shopping. Like I said, you know, we're, we're right here in California and there's a lot of ships out there in the waterway and there's a supply chain. But there's many other ways that we can get creative in gift giving. And for that person that might be tough to shop for, you can check out the Christmas catalog. That's awesome.